The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This week on your favorite soap opera, it's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, and recaps. Now, here's Dan. Hey there, soap fans. Welcome to another edition of Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll. It's Friday, July 26th, and we have a really fun in the sun summer episode of Soap Central Live for you this week. For the first time, and I could be wrong, but I don't think so. I think this is the very first time outside of our special year-end, year-end review shows that we have all of your favorite SoapCentral.com Two Scoops columnists here to talk about what's hot this summer on all your favorite soaps. And what's different than the year-end show is that they're all here live. So who knows what they're going to say without my magic editing fingers in our, our end-of-the-year show. And they'll also be able to talk to you. So if you've ever wanted to talk to the columnist, now is your opportunity. And as a matter of fact, this will also be your first chance to hear from some of our newest SoapCentral.com columnists. We have a couple of new folks added into the lineup. And that, of course, is because we lost one of our columnists early this year when she passed away. We'll talk more about that later in the show. But we're also always interested in hearing from you, the soap fans, to find out what you think is hot on your favorite soap. So if you want to be part of the show, all you have to do is call in on our toll-free call-in line at 866-472-5788. Again, it's 866-472-5788. Now, if you're worried about talking on a phone and that that might result in some sort of strange phone-shaped pattern in your suntan, you can always take part in the discussion on Twitter at our official Twitter account, at Soap Central. We also have at Soap Central Live, but we're going to try to keep it at Soap Central so that you don't have a lot of places that you have to follow and all that craziness. We try to keep it simple and streamlined here in the show. Now, I want to let you know that part of the job of a Two Scoops columnist is to offer a review of each soap each and every week. It's a time to share what we, and I say that we because I write the two scoops column for all my children, but it's a time to share what we love, the actors, the characters, the stories, and what we can't do without, the things that keep us glued and wanting to tune in tomorrow. But there's also a responsibility to critique things that may not be working or maybe weren't accurate. It's not a rant session because there's enough of that on the internet. What we do is we try to show as soap fans the things that we, we pick up on and that maybe need to be altered slightly because at the end of the day, we, like you, are soap fans and we love our daily dose of daytime drama. So with that, you may want to crank up the AC because we're talking about all the things that we love, the hottest soap stories of the summer of 2013. And from what I hear... One or two of our columnists may also want to talk about some of the hot stars, but we'll keep the bucket of cold water ready just in case. First up, it's our senior two scoops columnist for The Bold and the Beautiful, the guy with many names, 
Adam Michael James. We're going to call him Mike because, again, it's about streamlining. So, Mike, welcome back to Soap Central Live. Hello. Yes, it wouldn't be. Uh, I wouldn't be appropriate if I didn't have a bunch of names, like like your average sub character. I'm always worried when I hear three names because usually that is somebody on the news doing something that they shouldn't have done, and <laughs> that's not the case with you. You're here to talk about only good things, and if memory serves me correctly, and I'm known to to miss out on a couple of things every now and again. A couple of weeks ago, in your Two Scoops column, you wrote a first-half report card, sort of a a midterm grade for The Bold and the Beautiful in 2013. Now we're just starting the second half, but what would your grade be so far for 2013 and the second half of the year? For the second half of the year, I would have to say that so far the second half of the year is way better than the first, and I'm, I'm very happy to say that because... There was, you know, just a lot of things and, you know, in the first half that I was kind of not really sure about, but they really seemed to be, you know, hitting it right out of the starting gate here just pretty much as soon as July started. And, and it's, it's actually improved quite a bit in just a few weeks. Okay, so what are some of these things that you're saying were really right out of the gates? What are some of the stories that really have you excited about B&B? I think the one that's really doing it for me is the resurgence of Katie Logan. I mean, she's just kind of put up with whatever Bill was dishing out for the last four years, you know, locking her in towers and, you know, cheating on her and all these things. And Katie was just like, oh, that's okay, Bill. I understand you. And, and Bill was just waiting to have a beatdown. And finally we got it when, when Katie used that little 1% of Spencer Publications stock in her divorce settlement and took over the company, took it right out from under Bill. I didn't see that coming, and, and Katie has not let up since, which is, which is a good sign. I have to say that for me, the bold and the beautiful this past couple of weeks, ever since the, the big reveal, I guess starting right around when Hunter Tyler made her, her last appearances, starting from there and through now, B&B is on my must-watch daily list. I don't feel like I can miss a single day. The show's just been on fire. And mentioning Katie Logan, I have to say that it already looks like Heather Tom is putting her lock on a nomination for yet another Daytime Emmy coming up next year. That's what I'm saying. I'm com- completely in agreement with that. Do you think that... I mean, I'll admit when I'm wrong, and I think that last year the big concern that a lot of people had was that after Susan Flannery and after Ron Moss were no longer a part of The Bold and the Beautiful, that there would be big gaping holes that probably wouldn't be able to be filled. And certainly no one can take the place of anyone. All of these actors and characters have places that will forever be theirs. But I have to say, it seems like Heather Thomas really been pushed into that role and stepped forward, and she is a shining star on B&B. I, yeah, that is so true. I mean, she, she could read the phone book and it would be dramatic, but just the, the material that she's been given, the way she's delivered it, just the, the intensity, the passion of it, it yeah, it, it, it's hard not to be glued to the screen when you're watching her. Note to self, have Heather Tom read Read phone, phone book, yes. Book. That start actually could be the, very interesting. Start with the A's. <laughs> All right, well, I think we'll just have her open up to a random page. So there, there, are a couple of, there are a couple of other things that are going on on the show that are, really have people talking. We're going to bring in, in a couple of moments, Tracy, who is your new cohort in Two Scoops Crime. But before we get to her, let me give you another opportunity to pick one more thing that you think is really a reason that people who maybe have not been watching VMB regularly, what are one of the things that would make them want to tune back in. I'll give it to you in two words. Darren Brooks. 
Okay, so for folks who say, Darren Brooks, that name sounds familiar. No, it's not a body of water. It's no, and, it, and it's not Days of Our Lives anymore. <laughs> it's no longer Days of Our Lives. So tell the fans, who is Darren Brooks and who is he playing, more importantly? Darren Brooks is playing uh, the bold and beautiful newbie, Wyatt Fuller. He has sort of insinuated himself into Hope's life um, by being naked, which is, you know, not an easy thing to do on the soap. <laughs> <laughs> Strategically placed leaves notwithstanding. And um, we've just discovered something about Wyatt that, um, you know, has a lot of people talking. And I just think that Darren Brooks, he's up there with Heather Tom. What he's bringing to it, just the intensity and the fire and his acting is very impassioned and it's hard to take your eyes off of it. Well, let's see what Tracy has to say. She is, as I said, everyone out there, she is our newest two-scoop columnist for The Bold and the Beautiful. And this, Mike, this is her very first time on Soap Central Live. So this is very monumental. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if we're going to sing, but I was hoping that we had a fanfare, but I guess you took care of it. So let's bring in Tracy B. Lavelle and welcome her to our two-scoop SoapCentral.com family. Tracy, welcome to Soap Central Live. Hello, thank you for having me. Miss so Tracy. You... <laughs> Hi Mike, how are you? Hey Tracy, what's up? Not much. You are our newest Two Scoops family member, so for folks out there who want to know a little bit more about you in, say, 30 seconds or less, what do they need to know about you, and what are they going to find out about you when they read your Two Scoops column every other week? Um, let's see, I'm a diehard B&B fan. Diehard, actually I'm just a diehard Soaps fan altogether, CBS in particular. I grew up on CBS. Um, and with my columns, I just try to keep it real. I don't really like to sugarcoat anything. Sugar is also not really the healthiest thing for folks out there, so <laughs> holding back on the sugar is definitely a good thing. Something else that a lot of fans have been sort of holding back on, I've seen a lot of anger at the bold and the beautiful, and it's something very misplaced, something that I've never seen before, and Mike sort of alluded to it. A lot of people are very angry about that one leaf that was strategically placed during that first scene of Wyatt. (laughs) Tracy, is this something that you've heard? Were fans really angry that they take to Facebook anti-leaf posts? Oh, yeah. Yeah, a couple of my girlfriends were just like, um... Okay, now if we can just get there and move a little bit over to the left, maybe just a little bit over to the right, then, I mean, boom, then we got everything. But, yeah, they were a little disappointed by that. But, I mean, it's, I like, I like it. It's, like, you know, a little intriguing. It gives Bold a little bit more heat that it's absolutely needed for me. And, Mike, going it's back to you. the fresh air. It definitely. Mike, going back to you, you seem to be in agreement with Tracy that, Wyatt and Quinn are really uh, the breath of fresh air because a lot of times B&B has brought in new characters and they've been there for a bit and they weren't really sort of meshed in maybe well or they disappeared quickly. It seems to me like these two characters really have a a chance to be there long term because the, the, the way that they've been brought in has been very thoughtful. Mm-hmm. I agree. There, there's been so many characters brought in the last three or four years, and they just sort of show up, and then it seems like B&B doesn't know what to do with them. Building a story around Bill's necklace, which is just an innocuous prop, you know, it's just there. Building a whole story around that is actually kind of brilliant, I have to say it. Yeah, I agree 100%. 100, 100, 100, 100%. Totally when's, agree. The, 
I think I'll, I'll go back to Tracy for this one. What is the last character, new character, one that wasn't previously established, that you were really excited about prior um, to these two? I'm thinking that wasn't really established. Yeah. I'm thinking Carla Mosley, Maya. Maya. Okay, so the, I was really okay, so, excited about her coming on. So not, not too far back. Mike, what about you? What was the, the last brand new character that really had you excited? <laughs> I think... Um, Betty White and Ann Douglas was the character I was the most excited about. They killed Betty White's character. I'm still very I upset. I still, haven't, I still haven't forgiven her. I that. know, but she just came on like a ball of fire. You know, it's a year, it was just like, wow. I mean, that was seven years ago, and I, I'm still talking about it, you know? Mm-hmm. It's funny because uh, you're talking about new characters. I've been writing some of the little weekly, the Way Back Wednesdays for Soap Central's Twitter feed, where we remind people what was happening this week in history. And either this week or last week, it was the anniversary of the introduction of Liam. So it was sort of funny to see how he went from this sort of (laughs) random little pop-up character to all of a sudden being first and foremost and front and center in all of the storylines. So, Mike, what... Are you prepared to write about for your next two scoops column? Because if I remember correctly, you're on deck next. So what are are some of the things that fans can look forward to? Well, I'm thinking of call it he who lives by the sword because that that necklace, (laughs) that necklace has caused so much trouble. And, um, you know, you know, you got Quinn and Bill and Wyatt just all up in arms about this whole paternity thing. You got Liam kind of wondering why Hope was all interested in, in Wyatt finding his father in the first place. I mean, you know, who knew a necklace could carry such drama? And I'm, I'm watching the clock, and I want to make sure that we have enough time to talk about B&B. Something else that's come up that I have a feeling you're going to talk about, but let me let Tracy give her thoughts first on this. The Room 8, going from sort of a random story within a story, now it's going to be a real web series. What were yeah. your thoughts about hearing that this was going to be something that we would all really be able to watch and enjoy? I, I you know... I, I read that this morning and I was like, uh, okay. So I really want to see how that's just going to come about. I really don't, I really don't know how they're going to go about doing this. I mean, I just thought it would be like, okay, just for, you know, the show, the prop for the show that Caroline and Maya feud going on. So I really don't understand how they're going to really incorporate that into like the real world type of thing. It'll be an interesting watch. I mean, well, I, I, I think what's going to happen is Raphael said something about, okay, well, I'm sorry that I let Caroline take over the show, and now we're going to shoot it the way it was originally written. So I think maybe that is what we're going to end up seeing, I think. Okay, so his original concept of the show. and Yeah, like, the sweet romance thing and not the spaghetti sauce licking stuff. <laughs> I have to tell you, the whole Caroline thing, she's become one of my favorite soap opera crazy people. Watching that whole nonsense, I find it funny because there's something to me that is just so comical about these soap females when they go and do all these crazy things to sort of get what they want. And you think no one would ever do this. And then you flip on the news or you flip on, you know, your friend's YouTube page or Facebook page and you see they're doing even crazier things. So I find it fun. It makes me laugh. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, I think Lindsay and Carla, they have really, really great chemistry together. I mean, I think they really they play yeah. really well off of each other, so I'm all for it. And I mean, B&B needs some kind of comic relief, and 
apparently Caroline is it right now, so just keep it rolling. I mean, I love it. Well, I'm unfortunately, we are out of time already for our B&B segment. We have to make sure that we talk about all the soaps where people come after me with the pitchforks and all that kinds of crazy why? <laughs> we could easily fill an entire show, and hopefully we're going to be having some of our favorite B&B stars coming on Soap Central Live in the weeks ahead as we head out of summer and into fall and talk about the big fall storylines. So, Mike and Tracy, I want to thank you so much for being here with us this week and for writing these wonderful columns on SoapCentral.com. You're it's welcome. Fun. Thank you it's for having me. Yes. <laughs> All right, everybody. We are going to move on now to talk about B&B's sister soap, The Young and the Restless, with another of our newest columnists. We have Teddy on the line. Teddy, welcome to Soap yes. Central Live. Yes, hi. How are you, Dan? I'm good. It's, you know, we're getting to know everybody, the columnists, but for a couple of us, we have some new folks, people who they've never heard from before. And even though you've been a guest on the show, Teddy, this is your first time here as an official Two Scoops columnist. So welcome. Yay, thank you. Well, now you've got the niceties and the, and the welcome. Now I have to ask you to get down to business and tell me about okay. your favorite summer stories of 2013 on Y&R. What's got you talking? Oh, and this has everybody talking. It's the current storyline with summer's paternity and first... It was revealed that Nick had, you know, they, he didn't know the results. They were, uh, somehow the results became tainted. And then he had it redone, and supposedly he found out that he was not her father. But, of course, Jack was. But now it looks like Sharon changed the results. And it's like, oh, everybody is just, there's been so many comments about this. It really has everybody talking. And one of the side notes of all of this is that this storyline appears to be what is bringing about the exit of Michelle Stafford as Phyllis, and that certainly has a lot of people talking as well. Oh, it sure does, and uh, they are really going to miss her. I mean, that's all I see. I mean, nobody else can play Phyllis, and I don't think she's going to be recast. I don't see how she could be. She's just marvelous, and she's just always so full of life. And, yeah, she can be a little wacko at times, but she's going to really bring so much energy to the show. She's going to be missed. Uh, who, uh, which of us uh, isn't wacko at times? I mean, I think we all have our... <laughs> Have our moments, but this is a character too that I would say that every show seems to have a character that people either love or hate. I'm going down the list in my mind, and certainly I would think Phyllis would be at the top of the list. Maybe Sharon as well on YNR. It seems people either love or hate. Nowhere in between. Do you think that there's another character that will be able to step up and sort of fill that void that has people? Polarized. Is there someone on deck other than Sharon, or do you think that maybe it'll take some time for the show to build that sort of relationship with the audience? Yeah, I think it might take some time. I can't think of anybody offhand, but it, it, I think it's going to take time for the writers to and for the fans to to build the rapport, you know, with uh, somebody else in that respect. Uh, Sharon's definitely on her way for for that because uh, I mean her fans are just outraged that she's you know the writers are doing this to her to Sharon again and so and some but some actually understand why she did what she did but of course it's all it all has to do with her bipolar disorder so you know it makes me think that I was posting on the soapcentral.com facebook page earlier in the week asking soap fans to pick what their most likely excuse would be if they were caught doing something that they weren't supposed to be doing. Would they pick Evil Twin or would they pick 
multiple personalities. And it seems to be, ironically enough, split down the middle with uh, the both of them going back and forth. So while we're talking about personalities, I think we should probably let people know a little bit about you, Teddy, how you became involved in YNR, what they can uh, look forward to you writing about in your Two Scoops column. So let me give you uh, 30 seconds or so to tell fans a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, I've been watching soaps for so many years, since the early 70s. And uh, One Life to Live was one of my early ones, and also General Hospital. Um, and I picked up Young and the Restless later on. I found out my sister watched it. And so I was able to, you know, get a closer relationship because then that was something for us to really talk about and get into. And then my mother started watching it also after I did. So uh, now we're all just really big Young and the Restless fans. And um, I, I think, strangely enough, one of my favorite characters at the beginning was Sharon because she seemed to be that strong, independent lady, you know. And now she's kind of not so much, you know. But... Um, uh, that that's pretty much what my column is. Um, I'm right, you know, I'm writing it right now, as a matter of fact, and not the second, but you know, but um, that's what it's going to be about. A lot of the talk will be about Sharon and um, her her disorder and what she's going through. I can't wait to read that because certainly with people having opinions very strongly, positively and negatively about Sharon and her antics, that should be a lot of fun to read what the column, what the readers of the column have to say. But you know, Teddy, and I know that you're not the only new columnist on board for our YNR section on SoapCentral.com. I'm going to bring in our other new columnist to let folks get a chance to know her as well. We have Boone joining us for her very, very first time on Soap Central Live. So I know we're by another name, but we're going to call her Boone as her official name. Welcome to Soap Central Live. Hey, thank you Hi. very much, Dan. <laughs> thank nice you to so finally talk to you in person. I know for folks out there who are thinking everything is, you know, staged behind the scenes, this really is the first time that we've ever spoken and you've been doing various and sundry things for SoapCentral.com for how long now? I think since, uh, I was trying to figure that out. I, it, 2005 or 2006, I started writing Passions, uh, recapping Passions. Passions. That takes us back. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I'm thinking of witches, <laughs> witches and warlocks and all sorts of other I things. I love it's, the soaps. <laughs> oh, well, I, I think we all do. That's why we're here. And something that people are going to be hearing about coming up in a couple of moments is, in addition to having written recaps for Passions and now here to talk about The Young and the Restless, you're also a fan of General Hospital, but that comes a little later. So let's talk about your Y&R past what has got you interested in Y&R again because you stopped watching for a, a bit of a period of time there. So what do the readers and the listeners need to know about you, Boone? Well, I followed Steve Burton from General sure. Hospital. I wanted to see how his new role was going. And I got reinterested in all the characters, and I was just amazed by how they had grown up and what kind of changes had happened. And I went, wow, you know, I remember all these people. I'm, I'm kind of interested in them again. <laughs> and so I just got re, um, reacquainted and back to Genoa City, and it kind of felt like in some ways I'd never left. It's interesting that you say that because I think for a lot of people, who don't watch soaps, the running joke is that, oh, I haven't watched in 20 years, and I tuned in, and they're all still doing the same things that they were 20 years ago. But the first thing that you said is that the characters had grown. I don't know if you meant from a, a physical 
you know, a visual standpoint or if you actually meant from stories. So was it hard to get back into Y&R after being away for a period of time? I think the no, it really wasn't. I would say within a week I was uh, caught up with everything because that's something about how they write soaps. I noticed how they threw in history and they caught you up and you actually understood the past because they discussed it, just like we do in real life. You know, we discuss our relatives, our friends, what happened to them. So, Teddy, you know, what about what about for you? What are some of the things that if someone were tuning in? right now to the show and said, eh, I used to watch Y&R in the past. I don't know if I'd be able to be able to get back into it so quickly if I tuned it on now. What are the things that you think fans who aren't watching anymore would want to tune in right now to see? Well, definitely what's happened to Sharon. Let's pass that one. Let's that pass that is one over the again. number one thing because she is the character who has done the biggest 180. Well, let me hold on for one second, but let's give Teddy a chance to fill in on her thoughts on that. Teddy, what about you? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I was going to say the current storylines that are going on. The writing is really good right now, and and also with Lauren and Carmine and Michael. Oh my gosh, that is yeah. just so explosive! You just don't know what's going to happen next. So that's finally the kind of storyline where you can't wait to turn in for the next the next day to see what happens. Well, Teddy, I'm going to wrap up with you, give you another chance okay. to talk about what's coming up with your column, because we are going to go off and talk about the other soap. So your Hi. new column will be coming out this weekend. What are some of the highlights yeah. that fans have to look forward to other than the many different crazinesses of Sharon? Oh, yeah. Well, definitely. I'm going to be doing, you know, talking about Carmine and, uh, oh, my heavens, there's nothing to say about him. And Lauren and Michael, and then oh, you know, about everybody that was on this past week, get a little bit of inside and pick out some of the humorous moments, which there were a few. So it, it was fun to write. Or it has oh. been. I'm still, I'm almost done. <laughs> well, we're going to let you get back to writing that so we can have you meet your deadline. But, Teddy, thank you so much for being a part with us on Soap Central Live today. Okay, thank you again for having me. Absolutely, we'll have you back. So don't be too happy because you'll be here every week. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Now, Boone, one of the things that I took notice in your most recent column is that you had some ideas for maybe at least one general hospital character who could possibly fit in on the YNR canvas. Who was Absolutely. that? Absolutely. I think Kelly Sullivan, who uh, is playing uh, Kate Connie, Connie Falconeri. Um, would be uh, could do a fantastic job as Phyllis if they gave her some red hair, uh, and that's because Emmy Ryland, who used to be Abby on Young and Restless, and the phones uh, fans bemoaned her recast. You know they really miss her, and you can see why when you see her playing Lulu on General Hospital. She has really done a good job of uh, you know picking up the pace there and taking the place of an Emmy winner. You know, she had big stilettos to fill. <laughs> Absolutely. And it seems that probably more than any of the other soaps right now, General Hospital and Y&R seem to be doing some sort of uh, poaching. I mean, it's probably not really. Maybe it's just what I'm, I'm looking into it. But Y&R grabs a GH person, then GH grabs a Y&R person, and it keeps going back and forth, sort of like a, a well, game of tennis I, I or ping pong. That. I I said there's a wormhole in the sopaverse there, you know, where they're, <laughs> they resurrect, uh, like that science fiction story, they run from one to the other and get resurrected. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know why that happens. Maybe they all know good actors when they see them. Well, that is a perfect segue for 
the general hospital discussion because there are three performers who are relatively new to GH who used to be on One Life to Live. We know that there were some legal wranglings and they had to come back as other characters and leave their familiar One Life to Live roles behind. One of them, the most talked about, is Roger Howarth now as Franco and a soap staple. He has a condition that has made some very interesting yeah. storylines. What is this condition, and what do you think of the new and improved, I use that loosely, He's Franco? He's got a brain tumor, and I'll take Roger Howard's any way I can get him. I think this is what I, when I said I need a bucket of cold water at the top of the show, this might be the part of the show where I was talking about that. So, you know, there are people who are critical. They think that maybe this is, uh, this was a, a, not the way that they should have recast the characters, that they should have either uh, put the actors out or, or tried to do whatever they could to keep them in their one life to live characters. There are other people who think, as you do, that having these actors in any role is a, Boon for the show. Yeah. So, <laughs> what are you? I mean, what are your well, thoughts when you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts when you hear that people say, eh, "I don't like it. Uh, I I don't want to see them on the the canvas." Why do you think that having Roger Howarth on the show now is such a positive thing? Because he's a fantastic actor. Uh, he, um, you're riveted by whatever he does. I saw his original performance on One Life to Live. And I knew the day I saw him that I couldn't, even though he was playing a bad character, I wanted more. You know, there's just something about some of those actors that that's how you feel about him. He's one of them. Um, the, the, his, Kristen Alderson, from the beginning as a little kid, she was outstanding. Uh, Michael Easton, you know, you're really happy to have him on the show. So I'm sorry for the people who didn't want the One Life to Live characters and all of that. I don't care. Uh, I think General Hospital writing is at the best it's been in ages. The whole show is. They're doing wonderful things with it. Uh, and uh, I think they even this recast of these characters, I think they're basically going to be the same characters when they're said and done. I mean, the same personality traits, uh, characteristics. They're just going to have different names and circumstances, different familial connections. And I think it'll be kind of cool to have Kiki as Silas's daughter instead of Todd's daughter. <laughs> well, you, that's a very good point because you're mentioning the, the familial connections. You're talking about fathers. I've heard a rumor on the Internet that no one on General Hospital really knows who their father is. Is this true? Well, <laughs> I, it does seem to be true. And I'm okay. wondering how Alexis can um, not know the name of the, of the first guy she slept with. <laughs> You know, so yes, that I, is... I, who's your daddy? I said that was a fantastic <laughs> column last week, uh, or the one uh, last week about who's your daddy. So. <laughs> there is, uh, I'm sure there's a whole after hours Twitter discussion that people could have about not knowing someone's yes, name, yes. but we're going to not go into that on the show. But what we are <laughs> going to do is bring in a name that a lot of people know because she has been writing Two Scoops columns since, well, the dawn of time, it seems. We have Tammy Lou who's going to join us now. Tammy Lou, welcome back to Soap Central Live. Hello, well, there are she you is. here? I, welcome back, uh, Tammy Lou. Thank you so much, Dan. It's great to be here. And thank this you for is... the kind comment you just gave me. I'm, I'm glad that I inspired someone. Yay! Well, you... You did. I, I, a lot of people, I think, are inspired. I'm reading on, on the Twitter feed, and I'm on the Facebook page, and poking around, and a lot of people really like reading from you, because it seems that 
a lot of people are watching soaps alone nowadays. They're watching them online. They're watching them on their phone, their computer, their TiVo when they get home from work. So your two scoops columns, both of you and everyone who we're going to be hearing from in this hour, it's sort of like having a, a close friend, a best buddy sitting on the couch with you to talk about your favorite soaps. Is that what you get from writing the column, Tammy? I do. I, I like the camaraderie. I like interacting with people because when something in, incredible happens, you have someone to say, oh, my gosh, can you believe they just did that? <laughs> and to get a response back, and it's not all just, you know, going crazy about something that happened in your head. So I really enjoy the, the family feeling that we kind of have in the soap opera community. Well, uh, Boone was saying, I don't know if you were able to hear her, she was saying that, you know, uh, I'm not exactly accurate when I said that no one on General Hospital knows who their daddy is, but... It's close. So which of these Who's Your Daddy's storylines do you find that you're enjoying the most? Well, I'm enjoying right now, just as Boone was saying, about having finding out that Michael Easton is going to be Christian Alderson's father and kind of having a different dynamic than we had when they were their One Life to Live character as Todd Starr. Uh, so that's going to be kind of fun to watch play out. But I really want to know who Sam's daddy is because I think there's like these little buzzes run that it could possibly be Jerry Jacks. And that would just be amazing storyline for me. Well, let me look over here. Boone, I asked Tammy Lou what she'd like to talk about on the show. And this is the unabridged version. Brace yourself. <laughs> and listeners out there, get ready. This is what... The simple response was, is Jerry Jack Sam's dad? Will Maxie ever tell the truth about her baby? Is Britt's baby really Dante and Lulu's? What will happen when Laura finds Luke? And are the rumors that Stefan is alive true? Are viewers finally embracing Kiki Franco Silas? Or still mourning star Todd John? A plethora of options. So of those many things, Boone, whew, and there were a lot of them, let's, let's try to That's break it I'm down. That's why I'm a writer. I'm worried. <laughs> well, I tell you, those are all good questions, and she usually has the right answer. So, uh, you know, I might have to wait for her on that one, although I can <laughs> certainly see Jerry Jacks. I thought that, too, because every time they uh, mention Sam's dad, they, they switch to somebody talking about Jerry Jacks. That's usually, like, a giveaway. But uh, also, I also thought think... Ju Julian Jerome uh, and then Ava could be the donor. <laughs> Oh, wow. You're coming Ooh, up with a whole other bunch of thoughts here. <laughs> That's a long shot, I think. <laughs> if, you, if you rewind back in history and you take the history that Jerry has had with Sam, and he was calling her Sweet Sam when he had her kidnapped yes. in the Metro Court, and the relationship, right. he's always had like this mm -hmm. love for Alexis, so maybe mm -hmm. he remembers their passionate night in the back of a car, and she doesn't. That's what I think, too. I think you're exactly right. I think oh, that's, well, that's now we're story. talking... About the backseat of, of cars, we've gone to a completely different topic here. But let me ask you, Tammy Lou, since you're the one who brought it up with the Jerry Jacks. The Ouija board, we say the Ouija doesn't lie, it showed the letter J. Right. Could it be, I mean, there's two J's there, Jerry Jacks. We also have Jerome as a last name. Could it be a Jerome? We also have J. It could be Dan J. Kroll. I mean, there's so many names with J's in it. <laughs> it could be Jasper Jacks, but I think she'd probably remember that. Yeah. They, they were fake married for a while, so. You would hope that she would. I mean, it's not saying much for, for Jacks if she doesn't remember. <laughs> Well, you know, there's a number of people it could be. I started in my mind, like, mental, making a mental checklist of every character that's ever been on General Hospital that had a J in their name. Like, <laughs> but the, the most logical one seems to me to be Jerry. What do we think about that, Boone? Do you think that they would bring back Jerry to be the father, or, you know, are there oh, more yeah, storyline options? It, it, it if ties they... into the Luke 
storyline because Luke's looking for him to get the cure for his uh, disease. So in order to cure Luke, we're going to have to find Jerry Jacks. And not to mention the fact that the last time we saw Robin, Jerry Jacks was around too. Exactly. So I think he plays into that whole storyline yeah, yeah, too. Yeah, I forgot Robert that. Robbio and Robin. Yeah, yeah. Well, Gotta be. For the <laughs> sake of, of Ouija-ing, I'm just happened to looking here at some of the names. Here are some of the J names that we've had in the past. We have Jagger, Janine, oh, yeah. Jason, Jax, Jeff, Jennifer, Jenny, Jerry, Jimmy Lee, John McBain, Johnny, Joseph, Juan, Julia, and Justice. So there well, are we can pretty much Jennifer. eliminate Jennifer and Julia. Unless <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it was like, a, you know. Those. <laughs> anything is possible on the soaps. I've learned this over the years. That's true. So I don't know. I mean, uh, I would be quite inclined to, to eliminate them as well. But what if it were John McBain and then they couldn't say the name because he's not allowed to and he's going to one life to live. The, <laughs> yeah, that would be a tough, The tough. artist formerly known as John McBain. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why they stopped at J because if they had done any more letters it would have been a, a violation of a, a contract or something perhaps. Uh, so which of you is on deck for the next column? Who is it? Or is it Liz Masters? Is it you? Is it who, Who's writing I'm a column? I'm up okay. for this weekend. Well, give us a tease of what some folks might be able to expect in your latest Two Scoops column. Well, I just watched today's episode, actually, and I was very pleased to find at the very, very end of the episode that Brad, who's been a weasel the whole time we've known him, might actually be a human being. So that's yeah. going to be a, a little line of, of thought that I take there. Hmm. The whole time I'm he's sure, been I'm blackmailing think, uh, people, and he's been uh, mm -hmm. just doing despicable things to people and switching lab results. But now, at the very end of today's episode, we got a, like a little hint that he might actually be a nice guy under there someplace. I think that you need to somehow incorporate the word weasel into the title <laughs> of your column. There's your challenge. It's your okay. homework. <laughs> Pop goes the weasel. Oh, <laughs> he, Maybe he's, he's the daddy. Open. I don't know. I know. <laughs> Well, we are, we're going to be getting ready to talk about another of our favorite soaps coming up here, but I want to thank Tammy Lou and Boone, both of you for being here. Boone for the first time, Tammy Lou for being a friend to the show and being back here. So, Tammy Lou, we're going to read from you coming up this weekend. Very excited about that. Thanks, Dan. I'm looking forward to writing it, too. And Boone, thank you for sticking around, and also, um, we could have probably had you talk about passions if the show were still on the air, but thank you so much for all of your contributions and for being here for the first time. Thank you very much. Enjoyed it. All right, everybody, we are continuing on our trek down soap lane here, talking about the summer's hottest storylines on all your favorite soaps. Next up is another friend of the show. She has been here many, many times. I haven't quite counted them, but we have Larissa talking about Days of Our Lives and another one of their fun columns that they're putting together. So, Larissa, welcome back to Soap Central Live. Thanks, Dan. Good to be here. This is the, maybe perhaps the summer of days of our lives. You know, their winning streak really started back at the daytime Emmys for a lot of people. People may have written days off and said, eh, it's just the other soap. It's only a matter of time before it disappeared. Now the ratings are up. They're winning Emmys. They've, they've got some buzz. What do people need to know about days of our lives and why should they be tuning in this summer? I think that... Some of the things that Days is doing really 
well right now, um, which is actually reflective in the reels that they submitted for the Emmys, if, you know, you can kind of draw that parallel, is one of the main things is, is that they paired EJ and Sammy together and are, and are surprise of all surprises actually keeping them together for more than five minutes, which I never thought I would live long enough to see. But they've done it and they're, they've turned into this kind of, you know, anti-villain, anti-hero, couple of glory that fans of the couple always wanted them to be. So that's a good thing they're doing. They've also decided it would be an awesome idea to pull Justin and Adrian out of mothballs and finally give them something to do, which is tremendous because, you know, with with um, some other things going on in the show, there's missing a super couple in that generation. And Justin and Adrian more than fit the bill. And, and it's always a treat to see um, Wally and Judy get to play off each other in those in those scenes. So they've finally given them a storyline. And then I think that they've done some good work with kind of getting an overall mix. You know, there are vets on, there are younger kids on, there's um, there's a good balance on the show, and that's not really been, been the case all the time. There's something else that they're doing that I think maybe a lot of people questioned for a while, that General Hospital and some of the other soaps were really starting to mine their history. They were using characters that had been established to bring in new generations. And, you know, Days did it for a while, and then it seemed like they, they sort of stopped and didn't know what to do. But now they're back to doing it again. We have uh, Patsy Pease who's coming back. We have Jen Lilly playing a character that is related to her, related to Kimberly Brady. So I think that that's a smart decision as well to get older viewers, people who maybe weren't watching or have stopped watching or have watched for a long time, to get them interested, but at the same time to appeal to that younger demographic who wants to see you know, the so-called younger characters. I couldn't agree more. And any reader of my column knows that um, I have a very toxic relationship with the Hernandez family. And a good chunk of that is because I felt like the show just brought them on, dropped them in their laps and said, here they are. You need to care about them because we said so. We're going to pair them with some fan favorite vet characters and you're going to like them even though you know nothing about them. Well, with JJ and with... Teresa. It's very hard to call her Teresa, parenthetically, by the way, because my partner, okay. Tony, just refuses. Like, he's like the grandmother who refuses to call her by, by this name that will only call her Jeannie by her real God-given name. So, anyway, JJ and Teresa, at least we, you know, we saw them a little bit as kids. We know what kind of family they came from. We don't know about what happened to them, you know, in those, in those growing up years as much. But filling out that will fill out the rest of the story, and that builds on top of what we already know about them and their families is, is an easier way to get viewers hooked on to these storylines than it is to just drop a new character out of the sky and say, here you go. One of the things that gets me hooked on any soap are the crazy soap opera villainesses. I think I have made more references to the ones that I love in my Two Scoops columns over the years probably than anything else. And you and your grandmother columnist, Tony, <laughs> since he doesn't want to call anybody by their, uh, their God-given names, are doing your own little summer series here with the Summer of Sinners. I wish we had a, a sound effect for that. But strangely enough, that your Summer of Sinners has nothing to do with Anthony Weiner. It does, though... <laughs> have something to do with like a top 10 list of different categories for days of our lives. So what is your latest column top 10 list about? 
Well, we do. And last month we did a we did a top ten list of hunky henchmen, which were these kind of bit roles of these um, gentlemen came on to play and, and made an impression for one reason or another, and we remember them. So this <laughs> month we decided that bad girls need blogs too. So we decided to go through and kind of pull out these little um, either bit characters or henchwomen, if you will, um, throughout Days of Our Lives history that really played an integral role in some major storylines and kind of without them we wouldn't have certain things like for instance one of one of the ladies mentioned on our list is the one who actually gave Sammy the idea to drug Austin and sleep with him and that set up the whole will who's the daddy storyline most people don't realize that that wasn't actually Sammy's brainchild um because sammy comes up with a bunch of harebrained ideas you'd think that would be her but that one actually wasn't her so um it, it lists all these all these great villainesses and we're building our way up throughout the summer we're going to build um you know onto more more and more i don't want to say more and more evil but we're getting that way because <laughs> wow. the, the summer will continue on we'll do lists of problem children and list of, you know, the all-time greatest baddies. So if you don't see who you think should be on the list now, you may have to just tune in because there will be subsequent lists that follow. Luckily for us, daytime is a plethora of bad-behaved people, so we have a lot of a lot of material to pull from. Well, that's definitely true. I'm trying to think of another group of people that is as badly behaved as soap opera characters, and I'm not entirely uh, sure. <laughs> she said that I'm sure there are they, we already know that they're listening to the conversation so that's not really a surprise so uh, I guess you can say whatever you want it's not going to change that but you were mentioning the people in the feedback and if you don't see something on the list I happen to know that your hunky henchman category generated a lot of buzz on Twitter and Facebook and certainly on the SoapCentral.com blog section from people who were saying how dare you overlook you know, X, or why are you calling Y a hunky henchman? So what are some of the things, are people in, enjoying, are they getting in, involved? Can people write to you if for some reason they think that you have severely overlooked someone who should have made the list? Is this something they can feel free to do? Yes, of course. You can write us, tweet us, do whatever. Um, and it, it is really hard. Like, we tried to be really good and just say, okay, we're just doing 10. So that cutoff has to come somewhere. And like I said, SOAP has a abundant supply of candidates for a top 10 list. But it, it, when you only do 10, somebody's always going to get left out. So we just try to do our best to make sure that the ones that we do select, we have proper justification for why they're on the list. I have an idea. What we can do is if people are reading this and feel that they, someone that they love should be on the list, what they can do is they can write either to you or to Tony or to me or whomever, and maybe at the end of the summer we can do a, a bonus list of all the people who the readers have nominated for to be on the list. We can do a little special plus one column. <laughs> That would be wonderful. The next 10, instead of the top 10, that'll be the other 10. Yeah, so, just, yeah, you know, we should do it. Random stragglers that we found on the Internet <laughs> along the way. Because, you know, these are bad guys, so you don't want to make any of them mad. So any any amount of respect we can throw their way, I think it's probably good for us in the whole soap karma term. So, yeah, I don't want to make any of those guys mad. So if summer is about sinners, whoa, this is a whole lot of S's. Can she sells seashells down by the seashore? What uh -huh. is autumn going to be? Have we thought that far ahead? Do we have, you we know, the autumn? Oh, we do. Ooh, what is we it? We have. And actually what it's going to be is it's going to be fall in love. 
And so we're going to be talking about some of the best um, pairs that, that have happened, some of the best pairs that we think should have happened but never did. So all this, we figure we need to, you know, balance out the love, all the, all the hate with the evil and the summer of sinners, we need to balance it out with some of the love in the fall. So we're going to do a fall and love series in the fall. See, we think I these things like again. this. This is very exciting, something to look forward to. But we are needing to talk about a couple of the other soaps that are left. And unfortunately, it's going to be up to me because I write the columns. So I want to thank you, Larissa, for, for being here to talk about Days of Our Lives. Thank you, Dan. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye-bye. So we are almost at the end of this week's show. We have a couple of callers who I'm going to take in a second, but I need to talk about all my children since that's my responsibility on SoapCentral.com. I have to say that the storyline that I think most people are talking about really is the Cassandra storyline. For those of you who aren't really familiar with All My Children, this is a human trafficking storyline. Is it the way that it started off? Cassandra was coming to Pine Valley to surprise her mother. Angie, played by the wonderful Debbie Morgan, and along the way, she was kidnapped at the airport and ended up being held against her will. It's a storyline that hit a little too close to home for a lot of people, but it's been absolutely magnificent, and I think that the acting from Sal Stowers, who plays Cassandra, has been just far much more than anything could have wondered uh, have wanted for uh, we have someone who was a top model contestant people think oh you're a model you can't possibly act and I have to tell you that I've been riveted there were some scenes in this week's episodes where I live tweet all my children on Soap Central the Twitter account at Soap Central on Mondays at 5 p.m. Eastern 2 p.m. Pacific and I forgot that I was live tweeting I was absolutely so engaged in watching what was going on that I, I couldn't possibly tweet and watch at the same time. And I think that the storyline now has moved on to become more topical because Cassandra was sexually assaulted. She was a victim of rape and she became pregnant as a result. And now there's a lot of topical discussion about whether or not she should keep her baby or she should have an abortion. And All My Children has done this before. Erica Kane was sexually assaulted and that storyline played out with Kendall on screen. And Erica's daughter, Bianca, was also raped, and she too became pregnant. Both of them kept their children. Erica gave Kendall a, up for adoption. Bianca raised Miranda as her own. And now we have a revisiting of that storyline. So it isn't really recycled in the sense that it's another opportunity to look at a storyline 10 years later to see how things have changed. And a lot of people are talking about it both uh, positively and negatively because of the topic. But taking that aside, the performances have, have been absolutely amazing. So if you're not watching All My Children, you definitely need to be tuning in. You can watch at TOLN.com or Hulu or on iTunes. It's completely free on Hulu to watch. So check it out. And of course, don't forget that All My Children and One Life to Live are airing on OWN, the Oprah Winfrey Network. They're airing Monday through Thursday with new episodes or the episodes that are new to television. They've already aired online. But they will also be aired as marathons on Fridays. So check your local listings for the time and channel in your area or check out soapcentral.com slash own to find out the channel in your area. I want to take a caller who's been waiting patiently, I believe, from Philadelphia, which is amazing because that's where I'm at. We have Sherry on the line. Sherry, welcome to Soap Central Live. Hi. Yep, Philly in the house. Wonderful. And it's been a wonderful day here in Philly. It's even better now that we've got you on the show. Uh, I understand you want to talk about General Hospital, One Life to Live, what do you think are the hottest stories of the summer on either of those soaps? 
Well, of course, the hottest story right now is, to me, the redemption of Franco. I think that is the must-see story because you you sit and you're like, how are they going to turn this around? And I'm just surprised that they're, the writers are actually able to convince us that, um, I mean, of course, you're like, oh, yeah, brain tumor, of course, yeah, that'll, that'll explain everything. But um, Roger just does a great job at making you like him anyway. So um, I think that's the hottest story. The hottest story is the the complete bait and switch with Kiki and Silas. That was, from the moment she walked in and Silas asked her age, I was like, wow. (laughs) You know what's interesting to me is that I was so happy originally that it it looked like Kristen Alderson and Roger Howarth were again going to get to play father and daughter. I thought, isn't that clever? You know, they're going to allow that relationship to continue even though they can't play them the same characters. How great Uh is that? And now all yeah. of a sudden, like you, I, I'm not upset that that's not going to be the case. I'm more intrigued. I'm thinking, oh, wow, I didn't see this coming, that they would dare to break up uh, Roger and, and Kristen and bring Michael Easton's character into the mix. Sort of surprising well, to me. He's never had a child, really, that he could care for in any of the um, soaps that he's been on that I remember. But um, also, it could... I, I, I was appreciative for, of it because I wanted to stop throwing up in my mouth every time Michael and Kiki couldn't keep their hands off each other. So, and, and For folks who don't follow General Hospital and don't understand why that's such an issue for you, what was the issue? Why would Kiki and Michael be such a bad thing? The, um, because if they're actually cousins, and I know that laws are different, I mean, the two have... Those two actors have great chemistry, as we know, on screen and off and off. But the thing is that you still kind of, I don't know, every time they touch each other, I thought about my cousins. And I'm like, ew. <laughs> my cousins don't look like Chadul. <laughs> oh, Lord, this is a whole other topic for another show. I, I think you may have just given me the next sweep show here on Soap Central Live. So thank you for that. Oh, uh, you're welcome. We, <laughs> we are almost out of time, but I, I have to ask is. Before I let you go, are you also watching One Life to Live, or are you focused just now on General Hospital? No, I still am. I still watch One Life to Live. I think they're they're doing a great job. I was happy when they got rid of all the profanity because they were overusing it. Don't you think they were overusing it? You know what's interesting? We're both from Philadelphia, so I'm sure that we know that uh, you can walk down any street in Center City or you know Northeast, wherever South Philly, and you can hear a word or two fly out that you're not expecting. All the time. It didn't bother me per se, but I think the fact that sometimes it seemed as though they were using it just because they could, it actually lessened the impact. It was no longer, wow, they're really mad, so they used the naughty word. Now it was just, you know, they were using it to say hello. It was like, hey, hello, how are you? I know, it was just, hello, S-word, what's up, S-word, you know, how you doing, S-word? Oh, wow, I I spilled a little juice, S-word. Now, when Snoop said it, it was fine, you know, <laughs> because we, we don't, we, we've heard it. If you, you buy a Snoop single or, or download but, or whatever the kids yeah, do nowadays, but Danny it's not a big surprise. It constantly was, was wrong, right? But I think that um, it's, not, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. And um, I even like the theme song now. I, God, I couldn't stand that theme song in the beginning. <laughs> 
but um, I think they're doing a great job. Um, now, I'm behind two episodes, but I'm looking forward to the launch on OWN and everything. And I mean, Oprah should have did that in the beginning, right? But <laughs> She's done it. There now we're, we just wrapped up the first week. Now we're wrapping up the yeah. second week here. I think it's, you know, a lot of people are, are finding the show now, and maybe it'll bring them in. So yep. I want to thank you so much, Sherry, for calling in today. I appreciate your right, call. Thanks for having me, and great job. Thank you so much. Everybody, that's all the time that we have today for sharing opinions but if you're still wanting to hear more from our SoapCentral.com Two Scoops columnist and hear what they have to say about your favorite soaps, all you have to do is go over to SoapCentral.com slash Two Scoops. In addition to being able to read the latest columns for all of the six soaps, the four that are on TV and the two that are back in production on the Internet, you can also check out archived commentary going all the way back to 2004. We've saved all the old columns so that you're able to check out what soap fans were lathered up about during this week in history. And every Thursday we post a This Week in History post on our Twitter and Facebook pages so that you can link back and read what people were saying this week and sort of relive some of your favorite memories. It's all part of our Throwback Thursday that we do, as I said, on Facebook and Twitter. And while we're talking about things that are archived, if you've missed any part of today's show or just want to hear it again, you can surf on over to SoapCentral.com slash radio. Do people still say surf? Well, I'm bringing it back if they don't. While you're there, you can also listen to any of the shows that we've done in the past. There's now 186 episodes of Soap Central Live. You can listen on demand, which means you can stream them or download them anytime you'd like. It's all completely free. If you're a new listener, you can check out some of the past interviews that we've done with your favorite soap stars. Or maybe you can take a listen to some of the interviews with soap stars who you're familiar with, but maybe they're not on your favorite show. You don't have to worry about knowing storyline details. What we try to do here is give you a chance to meet these actors and learn more about them without getting bogged down in any heavy discussion about storylines. Of course, we've made a little bit of an exception about that today because we want to get people energized about the soaps that we love. And for everyone out there who has listened, whether it's live or in the archives, I want to thank you so much for your support and for tuning in. I'm going to be back here next time, Friday, August 2nd. It's August already. I can't believe it. At 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. It's every Friday at that time for the continuing saga of Soap Central Live. Have a great week, everybody. Join us next time for the continuing story of all your favorite soaps. Tune in next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Soap Central Live on the Voice America Variety Channel.